0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hello and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast. This is Erica Polsinelli, your host, and we're here to talk about all things 5D, high vibrational, spiritual health, and beyond. I'm so grateful that you are here. Come on in. Hi, guys. Today Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to bring you a guest who I've been following for so long. Um, Her outer beauty is what really caught my eye and as I started to follow her, it, her inner beauty just resonated so deeply with me, and it it radiates beyond her physical body. Her name is Jessie Golden. She has been in the yoga scene, uh, the yoga energy, however you want to say it, for years and years. I think since 2008. She'll tell you more. Um, but she is... A mother, she is a creator, she's a CEO, she is a beautiful light worker that we are so lucky to have on this earth at this time and I am so beyond honored to introduce her today. I can't wait for you guys to hear her story, hear all that she does and just her insight, her wisdom, feel her energy. I welcome Jessie Golden. That is
1: the best intro. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm so honored. I'm so excited. As I was saying in your intro, I've been following you for years now and it came at the perfect time, um, right? As I was awakening spiritually and I was starting my Instagram account to share more about spirituality and just all this high vibrational energy. And when I started to follow you, Um, I just saw that. It was namaste. You know, the light (sighs) in me acknowledges and sees the light in you and it continues. And I love watching you evolve and going through the really dark times that we are. You've been just a constant light of truth, of courage, Um, so grounded and embodied in what you believe. And I'm just so honored to have you here. So thank you.
1: I'm so happy that that translates. Thank you for, like, reassuring me (laughs) that the word translates. You know, social media can be a tricky tool. And, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that what I'm putting out there is being read correctly. So
0: thank you. Oh, it is. It is. It's energy, energy, soul, the cells in my body feel it. And... Oh, it's just a breath of fresh air. So, I would love for you to start just telling a little bit about yourself, maybe where you are right now in your life, what has brought you here, a little bit about your story. Yeah,
1: I have quite the story, so I'm going to try and summarize it. Um, yeah, so growing up in Chicago, Illinois, I grew up at my mom's dance studio as a dancer, and dance really laid the foundation for my entire life. Um, the, the passion and the discipline and, and, and all of that. But looking back also, being able to have that outlet to transmute energy, I didn't know when I was young, but what I know now, I was a very sensitive spirit picking up on things all the time. And had I not had that dance to transmute all this energy that I was constantly taking on from everybody else, I don't know what I would have done. So dance really saved my life and laid the foundation for everything. Um, when I was 18, I found yoga. I actually found, um, pranayama, the breathing exercises first, cause I was dealing with some anxiety mm-hmm. and I just fell absolutely in love with yoga. Yoga was like my first haven where, um, there was a space that, I could tune inward. dance, everything in dance was really external. There was a mirror, it was constant judgment, constant criticism. So it's really crazy because when I found yoga, um, what attracted me was the breathing, the pranayama. I was dealing with some anxiety at the time, not really sure what was going on. Again, I think that that was related to me just being a sensitive person, which I now know how to deal with. Um, But I instantly fell in love with everything about yoga. I loved that it was an inward practice instead of an external practice. My entire life was growing up in the dance studio with a mirror, judging yourself in the mirror, the teachers judging you. My mom was my dance teacher, so she was also, you know, very critical. So that became my mantra in my head was was this very critical mindset, trying to achieve this epitome of perfection. And yoga was the complete opposite. It was an inward practice. It was teaching you how to tune in and listen to your body. Breathing was never taught in ballet, which is crazy to me. You're never taught how to breathe. I remember the first yoga class I went to. They said, if you're feeling tired, come to child's pose. And I couldn't believe that <laughs> like, you're supposed to listen to your body. Because my entire mm-hmm. life, I was told to ignore every body signal. So I fell in love with yoga and you know, I, I say now, you know, I'm 43 years old. It's saved my life over and over. I eventually became certified in 2008 just because I loved the practice. I didn't really have intentions on teaching. I just wanted to absorb everything that I possibly can about everything about yoga. The eight limbs of yoga, asana, you know, I'm sure the postures are just one limb, but there's so many other limbs like the pranayama and breathing. Um And when I was um, 25, I unexpectedly got pregnant with my son, which was the greatest gift ever. He just turned 18. (laughs) He is my twin. It's crazy. Um, And, you know, it it was really interesting because I had no intentions on becoming a mother at that point in my life. And... The second I found out, I just instantly felt like it was my calling. And um, I tell people all the time, I really came into my own when I became a mother. Um, I learned so many vital, important lessons that I think you can learn without being a mother. But becoming a mother, it's a really like quick way of learning about selflessness and um, passion and just being a good human. Cause all of a sudden you have somebody watching you all the time. So he really became my motivation for everything. And, um, when he was around four years old, I started having like these unusual symptoms with my body. Now, again, going back to my ballet background, I was used to just ignoring all my signals. I think a lot of strong people, um, when their body starts to shut down or do weird things, we kind of just push harder. <laughs> we just, just push through it and we'll get to the other side. Um, mm-hmm. But my body wasn't responding well. And I always had an excuse as to why I didn't feel good. I was still breastfeeding. I was a single mom. I was working hard. Um, but long story short, I eventually got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which was just the most humbling Experience of my life. Up until that point, I really felt like I was bulletproof. Um, I was 29. It was the first time where I was like, I'm going to have the human experience now. Like all my tricks weren't working. My yoga wasn't working. My positive mindset, you know, pushing through, nothing was working. And, um, you know, it's been almost 15 years now. And I say to this day that it has been my greatest teacher. I say that I'm thriving with rheumatoid arthritis, but it's still there, always kind of lingering, keeping me on my toes. Um, But that really motivated me to want to learn more about health. I eventually became a holistic health practitioner. I learned so much about the body. I think you can go to school and learn a certain way, but living with a chronic disease and actually being the guinea pig yourself, you learn a whole other set of tools So I eventually wrote a book called The Golden Secrets to Optimal Health. Um, And at the same time, I was writing a blog. This was before Instagram, before Facebook, MySpace was around. And I just really felt the need to share what was working for me. No one, especially at that time, was talking about autoimmune disease. Rheumatoid arthritis was associated with like an older person's disease. People didn't know what to do. So I really felt called to share my story um, because there just wasn't that much information available for people living with autoimmune disease. So that's when I started the Golden Secrets blog. And I just started sharing anything and, any, and everything that had enriched my life in some way, whether it was diet or yoga, specifically things pertaining to rheumatoid arthritis, being a single mom, parenting, mothering. I love talking about... Um, like giving birth at home and what doctors don't tell you about giving birth and all of those types of things um nursing and all of that stuff and um eventually people wanted to know skincare and i had already been making my own skincare since high school and they were very sacred to me they were like these sacred potions they were my golden secrets that i never really wanted to share with anybody but um A friend of mine who I really admire in business said, you know, you have that big following on your blog, like, why don't you bottle that stuff that everyone is always asking you about? Because we were running in the same circles and everybody would always ask me about the scent or what was on my skin. And he said, you should really bottle that stuff. And I just thought it was the dumbest idea. (laughs) I thought it was really weird. I was like, why would anyone want that stuff? And then I was also very protective. Like, I don't want to share this. And then I had a moment where I realized that this signature blend essential oil, for instance, had been with me since I was 15. And in every scenario of my life, it was with me every day. And I would pull it out of my purse or off my cabinet or whatever, and I would put it on. And it was just that moment to check in with myself, to tune in to kind of shift whatever mood I was in. And then the essential oils had their own effects on my mood. And I also noticed that people around me um, felt better too. And I thought, how could I not share this? Like this is, at that point I realized like my purpose was to kind of share experiences that I had gone through. And I thought this has been with me forever. I really need to start sharing it. So That's when the whole Golden Secrets skincare started, and um, now I am the owner of a skincare line, which I had no intentions of of being, and I live in Topanga with my husband and our two dogs and our 18-year-old son.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. There's so much I want to say. There's so much I want to ask, but it's such a beautiful story. And I had a similar experience with Pranayam being what drew me in as well. Do you have Aquarius in your chart?
1: You know what? I don't think I do. I mean, maybe, but not prominently.
0: Like, you... We're just so ahead of your time. And when I think of Aquarius energy, that's kind of what I visualize just knowing like what the future will need and paving that way. I'm sure there's something astrology. You know, I
1: was led by was... an Aquarius, though. I had a cousin. When people ask me, you know, who kind of planted that seed for you, and my cousin was a big impact on me. She was five years older than me, and she was. She got her yoga certification before me. She was into essential oils. She was into witchcraft. She was into like all these cool things that I wanted to know more about, like otherworldly stuff. And she was an Aquarius. And okay. um, my son's dad was an Aquarius. My ex-husband was an Aquarius. So I have a lot of Aquarius energy um, yeah. <laughs> around me.
0: to <You> it <laughs> because you you truly were ahead of your time and. Uh, it's, it's interesting even like when you found yoga and I was just thinking like how that could have shown up at that time for you to prepare you to become a young mother and be able to embrace that because it really is incredible what yoga brings us. It unlocks so much consciousness within us and so does the sun and I know that you are a sun goddess. Um, oh my gosh, there's just so much I wanted I want to touch upon with you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so finding yoga at that age and accessing all that wisdom within you and stepping into motherhood so young and you were weren't you a model as well? So
1: I made a living as a model. It's funny that I kind of just skipped over that whole part because I think it's because I had a love hate relationship with modeling. I think a lot of people would just assume that I loved being a model (laughs) and, um, I hated being a model. I I hated solely being judged on the way I looked. I was used to being judged as a ballerina, but that was based on something that I could work at and practice at. And mm-hmm. I just felt like the whole modeling world was so shallow and so vain and so about who you are and, and schmoozing up to people. And I just... I could never play that game like I treated everybody the same I didn't care if you were the biggest photographer in the world or working the craft services like I don't care. (laughs) So um, it was a really challenging space for me, but I embraced it originally when I was I became a model full time at 18. I was living on my own in Miami, and it allowed me the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And I yeah. thought, well, this is better than a nine-to-five. I was cleaning houses before that. Um, and I thought, okay, well, at least if I model, I can go lay out on the beach the rest of the time. Because <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't really work that much. You audition and you work like once a week. So... And then when um, I got pregnant, I was so happy that pregnancy modeling was just starting to become a thing. Previously, they would just put a fake belly on women But right around 2003, when I was pregnant, showing a pregnant belly all of a sudden became cool. And (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, like Gap was one of my biggest clients, uh, because Mm -hmm. they would show a little bit of belly. So they actually needed to hire a real pregnant woman. So Mm -hmm. I worked my entire pregnancy. That was the first time that I loved modeling, because I thought it was It was something special that I brought to the table. Like, I'm showing off my pregnant belly. I just thought it was so cool. And then um, when I got my yoga certification was right when all the yoga companies started to come to birth, Um, ones that aren't even around anymore, but like um, Lucy Yoga, um, Under Armour. I launched Under Armour's first yoga campaign, Nike's first yoga campaign, Aloe, I was the face first face of out like all the companies I got to launch because I was a model and actually a yoga teacher and there wasn't a lot of us out there. And I fell in love with modeling again because all of a sudden now I get to do all I get to share my love of yoga. And that was my favorite time of being in the industry. It just brought some more substance to what I was doing and um I'm, I was really proud of that. And then eventually, you know, when I started the Golden Secret skincare, I remember I, I was still going on auditions and I noticed I was being sent on auditions with like 25 year olds and, you know, I was having to do all my crazy scorpion and all my crazy yoga tricks. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Let, I'm going to let these college girls have this job. Like they can do it so much easier than I can at this point. So I just called my agent and I said, I think I'm retiring. You know, I think I'm, I don't want to go on these auditions anymore. It felt very low vibrational. And that's when I just dove in headfirst into my own company and putting all my energy into that. And, um, that's been a whole nother experience being on the other side of things now. Yeah,
0: totally. Wow. So, I wanted to ask you about being plant-based because my journey started um, becoming plant-based actually is what led to my spiritual awakening. And I know that you were plant-based at one point and then just hearing your past and also knowing about that as well and the that role that- plant-based plate in your life and listening to your intuition, transitioning eventually out of it. Can you share a little bit of what guided you to go plant-based? What guided you for, to incorporate more things into your diet? I feel like... um I was so attached to being plant-based in the beginning because it opened me up spiritually. And as I get older and wiser, I learn to never say never and always continue to check in with my body and make sure I'm listening to my body and not my ego or what I think is right. So I would just love to hear your experience in that department as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, like listening to your body instead of your ego is... It's a tricky one, Um, but I originally became a vegetarian at age 11, because I got sick eating meat, and I just, it was the first time, you know, it's interesting, when I became a mom, I realized that kids don't make the association that the frozen chicken fingers they're eating is a chicken, unless you, like, teach them that. So it was the first time that I made the connection that I was eating a cow, and then I got food poisoning and it just didn't sit right with me I became a crazy vegan activist I joined PETA I mean I was 11 I was like getting signatures signed at my school I was arguing with everybody at the dinner table this was in the 80s mind you in Chicago which was like insane like my grandmother was like you're gonna die if you don't eat meat like I was the weirdest kid um And I had, I sat on that bandwagon for a long time till, uh, probably my early twenties. And I just probably wasn't eating right at the time. I was anemic. I was, you know, not really taking the best care of myself. So I started incorporating, um, animal proteins back into my diet. I literally remember, I talk about this moment in my book, I was on a job on location at a, um, spending the night at a hotel and i ordered like a chicken breast and i told them to kill it like destroy it and i literally thought i was gonna like blow up after eating it like literally like die or something because i hadn't eaten animal meat in so long um but my body actually loved it and i continued to eat um whatever i wanted basically until when I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. That was the first thing I did was, what am I eating that's triggering? What's what's inflammatory? And back then, all the knowledge was nightshade vegetables, uh, animal proteins, coffee, cheese, any kind of dairy, like eggs, get rid of it all. So I got rid of all of it and became very strict vegan. And what I feel personally is I think it... Um, It did good for me for a while, and I think this is the same for a lot of people. I think it does well for people for a while, and then eventually, um, and this isn't for everybody because I think to each their own, um, but a lot of people, what I'm noticing is uh, you start getting depleted. Your hormones start going out of whack. You're not getting enough nutrients, um, and I just started to not feel right. And I had to let go of that ego, like you said, that stance that I had again made, you know, being this plant-based person um, into, you know what, I'm an intuitive eater. And I took a lot of um, slack from the um, (laughs) – on social media. Anytime I share anything that's like against the grain, you know, people come at you. But I think it's so important for people – If they take anything away from listening to this, especially if you're living with a chronic disease or an ailment or something um, where you have to be super mindful of your diet. If what you are doing is not working, if your body's biofeedback is screaming, make a switch, you know, and um, there's no right or wrong. I mean, I've done all the research. I've done all the things. And even with being um, an animal activist, you know, we're still killing animals not eating meat you know so uh there just happen to be smaller animals (laughs) so you know it's it's a tricky path but i think that we have to be more compassionate with people's paths and um we're ever evolving as a species and i think what we're doing isn't working i'm the more i learn about regenerative farming and holistic grazing the more i'm thinking that's the path that we actually need to go to. That's the only way that we're going to regenerate our land and our soil and, you know, everything that we're depleted of, so.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Are you going to have a farm at your new home?
1: Oh, I don't have enough space to, like, really do that, but I have talked about possibly getting chickens. Um, We'll see. There's a lot of coyotes over here, so I'm like, I just don't know how we would, like, you know, but yeah, I would love to, I would love to be completely self-sufficient at some point. That is the goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what you said about we're always evolving. I think, I think that's something a lot of us know and feel within ourselves all the time. But sometimes on the outside, it's not so embraced and accepted. Like, wait a minute, you were all for this. Now all of a sudden you're not. It's like, yes, actually I grew, I learned, I changed. And we have to, I think we have to normalize that just in our culture. Oh my
1: gosh, it's so true. I follow a couple people that I really respect in the health industry. And this one person just kind of changed his mind on something and got so much heat for it. And I thought, if we can't, if we can't, if we're not able to change our mind without getting destroyed, then what are we doing? You know, because as we evolve, our needs are going to change and new information is being found. And um, I I appreciate those people that are constantly changing what they're doing. I, I, those are the people that I respect.
0: And it's already hard. I mean, if we're working with our ego and working through our ego, it's not as hard, but typically it is hard to change and then to think about other people not accepting us or giving us so much of that intense feedback when we're trying to come out and be like, listen, I learned, I changed. It just is actually, um, I think some people think that they're be an activist or whatever it may be by speaking out against whatever it could be. But um what we're really doing is just reinforcing the ego and we're making people afraid to either speak their truth or to be able to change and step into that sovereignty. And it's a dangerous cycle that we see all the time on social media and Listeners, hopefully, know that this is always a safe space to come change your mind. Hopefully, my opinions change as I go on because that means I'm growing and that should be for all of us. Something that you share that resonates so deeply with me is your philosophy on the sun. When I am in the sun, I literally get. Energetic downloads, intuitive, psychic downloads. I feel so connected. I feel like the best version of myself. And our society and many doctors I've been to have scared the crap out of me about the sun. And I always knew how the sun made me feel and the truth that I held about the sun, but sometimes it takes hearing it from someone else, someone like you, to know that like, oh my goodness, what I felt could be right this whole time and that the sun holds such important power in our consciousness and our health. Uh, I just love your philosophy around it. So can you share your philosophy around the sun, some of the healthy sun habits that you have or rituals that you have? Because I think it's So important and so different than what the mainstream is sharing. And of course, listeners, you do what you are guided to do, but I want you to share your experience and just your little nuggets of wisdom about the sunshine.
1: Yeah, this is another thing that I've gotten a lot of grief for because I think people misconstrued me saying I love the sun with getting sunburned and frying in the sun. And that's never what I've um, preached. Um, you know, I grew up in Chicago where we didn't see the sun a lot. So when the sun came out, we worshiped her, (laughs) you know, and even anytime I would get sick or not feel well, my dad would say, go outside and get some sun. So to me, the sun was always portrayed as this healing light. It was never put in a negative tone until I got older. Um, and actually when I was modeling, my agent would always say, you're too tan, get out of the sun, you're going to look horrible when you get older. You know, you're too dark, what are you doing? And, um, you know, meanwhile, girls were putting self-tanner on, which is horrible, and all these sunscreens that eventually got recalled that I've been preaching about forever. And I just didn't make sense to me. It just didn't... My entire life, I've always been pulled by nature and what makes sense. And even when you talk about, like, The blue zones, the the countries, the places where people live the longest, they are in the sun every single day. Their hands are in the soil. They're growing their own food. Like we're living beings, every living being on the planet needs the sun. Like we store, our bodies are designed to store enough vitamin D through the summer to get us through the winter. But if we're loading up all these sunscreens and toxic products, then going in the sun, not only is our Are we not able to uh, assimilate vitamin D? But we're putting toxins into our body. It's oxidizing as soon as we hit the sun. So for me, it just always felt normal. And the more research I've done, and I've just discovered more and more and more, especially being a skincare owner, because... um, uh, it, it's it's just so fascinating. like most people that get skin cancer actually live further furthest away from the equator. like it, and they get it in areas that the sun never reaches. And so sun therapy, vitamin getting vitamin D actually protects you from getting types of cancer. Um, and then with the skin stuff, it's like, unfortunately, we have just been lied to, you know, put all these toxic chemicals on your skin go out into the sun, completely ignore your body's signals. So when you put sunscreen on, you mask your body's own ability to tell you it's gotten enough sun. When your body's, this is different for everybody based on the melanin in your skin. So your signal that you've gotten enough sun is just when you start to get flush. That's Mm -hmm. usually between 10 and 20 minutes for most people. That's your cue to go inside, put a hat on, throw a shirt on. Last case scenario, a mineral mineral sunscreen that does not oxidize in the sun. Um, But a lot of people put all these sunscreens on, mask all those signals and sit in the sun all day. They end up getting fried. They end up getting um, hyperpigmentation, all these other skin issues, probably because not only is it toxic, but it's oxidizing their skin. Then they're eating bad food. So our ability to receive the sun's rays is also based on what we're putting in our body internally. And one of the most amazing things that I've read in my research about doing the sun, um, sun therapy and just being able to build like a foundation, they call it a solar callus, because I've never burned. I think I've burned maybe once in my life when I went to Mexico when I was 13 because I, I was putting oil on. You know, I wasn't putting on like sunscreen or anything. I had no idea what I was doing and came straight from Chicago to Mexico. Um, yeah. But we used to spend 90% of our days outdoors. And now we're spending 90% of our days indoors looking at blue light. And we're forgetting that connection. We used to wake up with the sun. When you wake up with the sun, that red light penetrates your eyes. And it actually gives your body the ability to combat the sun the rest of the day. So you're less likely to burn. Um, and just living in sync with with nature, watching the sun set. We're, we're, we're going to sleep better at night if we do that. If we wake up with the sun and and, and watch the sunset, All those different UV lights, like, trigger so many things and um we're just so disconnected we're indoors all the time and then we go outside we're eating horrible we put sunscreen on we burn and then we're like get skin cancer and it's the sun's fault it's not yeah. the sun's fault <laughs> it's not it's our fault like we have to be mindful of what we're eating and and it's our a- connection to nature we need to reconnect to nature like If there's one thing, a common thread in everything that I share, it's the reconnection to nature throughout our day, I think is so important. Yeah,
0: it's so true. And you've shared about like eating your sunscreen, not literally, uh, but eating foods that can protect your body against sun as the damage of what the sun can do if you're not listening to the signals what are some of those foods fruits or vegetables that can help us protect our body
1: yeah this is also kind of shifted for me in the last couple of months but i i'm on this ancestral diet right now where i'm all about nutrient dense foods balancing my minerals mineral intake i think is not talked about enough i feel like when we have the mineral balance in the body and we're getting these nutrient dense foods and we're eating in the summer. It's okay to eat sweeter foods, sweeter fruits because we need that sugar. You know, it's like, it it just makes sense. If you think about, um, what grows naturally closer to the equator, it's like these mangoes and bananas and sweet fruits. We need that sugar to, to help us, you know, to protect us naturally. So, um, The things that you don't want to eat are the seed oils, the vegetable oils, um, processed foods, stuff like that is really not going to give your body the ability to, um, to, to protect yourself naturally, you know, Mm. and just doing like building up that, I call it a solar callus, like just building it up, doing, you know, five, 10, 20 minutes a day and you know, it, it's really interesting because your body tells you everything you need to know yeah. if we listen and and not like cover it up with all these things. You know,
0: it's so true. The only problem is my soul tells me to stay out as long as the sun is out. So <laughs> that's where I have a no, little. I'm
1: right there with you. Sometimes I ignore that signal, but uh, um, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay every once in a while.
0: It is. It is. And I live in New York, so I got to get it when I can. And that's my yes. philosophy. The sun, no matter what time of the day it is, if it's out, you have to go out and get it because in a moment it can be gone. And then my day is almost ruined.
1: <laughs> that's how um, it was in Chicago. It was like, we yeah. would go, you know, I remember when I first moved to California, people would always ask me, how are you so tan? And I'm like, we live in California. <laughs> and I noticed that everyone that lived in California was terrified of the sun and everyone was pale. And I was like, what is going on here? Like in Chicago in the summer, everyone is tan. I mean, ridiculous baby oil, you know, tan, um, we used to use tin foil. I mean, we would worship the sun because we didn't see it for half of the year. Um, so yeah, I remember that being so interesting when I first came to LA is like, everyone's like, why are you so tan? I'm like, we live in a sunny place. What do you mean? I'm outside all the time.
0: <laughs> that would be me as well. I often think if I move somewhere warm, I would I would never get work done because I just need to be outside. I would need an outdoor office. That's all. So something else that you really debunked for me was retinol and the need for retinol, mm-hmm. because every single time I used retinol, I would see deep, deeper wrinkles, I swear to you. And they would say, just keep going. Doctors and um, aestheticians would say, just keep going. You have to like get through that dry period. And my intuition would just say, no, run, like do not use this. And I've spent so much money on products that I'm literally just wasting and I don't even care because my intuition was like, no, you do not need this. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your products. I have the face oil on right now, the youth face oil. I I love it. It gives, you could just see, I have zero makeup on. I, I, I want to get into that too, because I have a whole conspiracy theory right now around makeup, no, but I'm trying my best not to wear makeup as often as possible I put your um, glow oil on right before and it literally gives you a glow. It has like a pigmentation to it, like a beautiful, I want to say like a reddish golden color. And it gives you just this color and this glow. So tell us about your products. Tell us about what's in them and why you have been using them forever and why you look the way you do. Thank you. Well, oh my
1: gosh, there's so many ways I could take this, but again, like when I was modeling, I was, you know, going to, you know, basically since high school, I was going to the little hippie health food store, buying oils, making my own products. And then I would go to these huge shoots and everybody was using La Mer and Lancome and all these like designer things and doing all these things. And they had like acne and all these issues. And like, I was just like over here, like doing little like oil and I'm like what are they doing? And then everyone be like what what are you using on your skin? Da da da. And I just like started to notice a pattern here like all these girls that are like these big models and they're using all these crazy things like and they're always dealing with like skin issues. You know, and then when I started doing more research when I became a skincare owner, I realized that of people have a broken acid mantle, like their skin barrier is just destroyed from using all these actives like retinol and all these other different products that just completely destroy our skin. When we use products that are compatible with the microbiome of our skin, our skin's own innate wisdom can flourish. We really don't need to do that much. That's why I always say less is more. And when you talk about like retinoids, like it's chemical retinoids that i'm against they are highly toxic reproductive issues health issues i mean the list goes on and on if you look it up on ewg where they can rate all the different ingredients it is absolutely horrible for you not only that um it makes you more sun sensitive it makes your skin more sensitive so like for someone like me who loves the sun Or anybody, if you were to use retinol and then go in the sun without a hat or, you know, 50 sunscreen, you're going to get hyperpigmentation and you're going to get a bunch of other issues, you know. So um, the Youth Beauty Face Oil that you're wearing, for example, has rose hip seed in it, which is vitamin A, which is retinic acid. It gives you the same benefits of a chemical retinoid without all the negative side effects. So nature already has everything that we need. If you're using chemical retinoids and then you're going in the sun even for five minutes, you're gonna get hyperpigmentation because it makes your skin sun sensitive. So do these hydrochloroquines. um, There's even certain essential oils that are, a lot of citrus oils that are in so many facial oils that make you more sun sensitive. I mean, when I look at some of these ingredients, I'm like, what is going on? the beauty industry has created a vicious cycle where they're, they're selling you the problem and the solution. The hydrochloroquine, the retinol, all these things, it's creating this vicious cycle where then you're going to get more hyperpigmentation, then you're going to need this, then you're going to need that, da, da, da. And the craziest thing is everything already exists in nature. Yeah. The youth beauty face oil that you're wearing has rosehip seed in it, Which has vitamin A, which is retinic acid, it gives you the same exact benefits of a chemical retinoid without the negative side effects and the toxins. Why would you not use that? Like, it just blows my mind that um, we've been so brainwashed thinking that what we need doesn't already exist in nature. I mean, all of my products are based on ancient wisdom that have stood the test of time. I'm not like, reinventing the wheel i'm taking oils that have been around for centuries for healing and beauty rituals and um i feel like less is more when you use natural organic products consistently and align yourself with nature you'll radiate and be beautiful like no matter what your age you know and we don't need to like fight it so much i'm getting a lot of um interesting uh feedback I'm very active on all my social platforms and sometimes people say um that I don't look like I'm 42 or 43 I'm 43 43 and I'm like I think people forget that like you don't die when you're 43 (laughs) Like, like my mom is 65 and still looks radiant like I think we're forgetting that like you can still look 43 without doing Botox and Without doing retinoids and without doing certain, like, it's a, like, I, I, and even if you have some wrinkles, like I have lots of wrinkles, it's okay, you know, you can still be radiant and have glowing skin,
0: so. It's so true, it's so true. I don't know if you follow Noy Skin Care, Donna, she's another. I don't, but you know what, somebody amazing. else was just talking about her today. Yeah, she's, she's. Yes, she's just amazing, too. And she said the same thing to me when I speak to her. She's like, people are forgetting. I think she's um, she's past 35. I don't know exactly how old she is. She hasn't had fillers, hasn't had Botox. She has a gorgeous squash of stone um, that she uses a lot. And she said to me, she's like, Erica, people forget that, like, in your upper 30s, you could still be beautiful. You could still be radiant. And she's like, sure, I have one. She looks exceptional just like you do. So people, I think... I think that we have learned to give our power away greatly and we forget that um, the radiance comes, yes, it's outward radiance that, we, that they see in you, but so much comes within as well. And I think with people doing these other Things to stay young at such a young age, we kind of been programmed to think, well, you can't possibly look radiant at this age if you haven't done this. And it's just kind of um, a mindset that we're in right now that hopefully we're debunking and breaking through because I really hope to. (laughs) I hope to continue to use all the things that the earth gives me and continue to be radiant and beautiful inward and outward. Um, but what you said is exactly my conspiracy theory I have around makeup right now. I feel like the beauty industry is creating a problem by making us feel like we have to put this literal crap on our face every day. Like, I feel like I'm literally wearing dirt on my face, but it's worse than dirt because it's not from the earth. And- (sighs) I, I just don't want to do it anymore. And I think about like, people are always saying how like great men age and I'm like, well, what are they doing that we're not doing? Or what are we doing that they're not doing? And I'm like, yeah. they're not putting makeup on their face all the time. And like something that I grew insecure about is like my, my wrinkles are on my eyes, but obviously it's because I live a happy life and I smile a lot and I'm in the sun a lot. So sometimes I'm squealing. But what I realized what I was doing is I'm, I'm, putting all of this stuff around my eyes to make them look better. But what is that stuff that I'm just putting on? What is that really doing to my skin? So I'm trying my best to stay in this space of no makeup as often as possible and using all these amazing products. And I'm grateful that you're in this space creating resources that we could have and use and continue to hold that radiance. Do you wear makeup? And if you do, tell me some brands that um, are (laughs) guilt-free.
1: So I have makeup on right now, but on my day to day, I don't wear makeup. Mm. I say I wear makeup maybe once every two weeks.
0: Yeah, I love. Um, that. I love that.
1: Yeah, I don't really wear a lot of makeup. I definitely don't do like a foundation or a base or anything like that. So I have mascara, eyeliner, bronzer, and blush on right now. Okay. And um, the mascara is. I'm gonna forget. I, I have. They're all organic. Anika is the bronzer. Okay. Um, Eye of Horace is the blush. The mascara, I, I don't know why it's, um, I can't think of it right now. Is it and, Ilya? Uh, what did you say? Ilya? Yes, it's Ilya. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, and probably. the eyeliner, my girlfriend just got it for me. I can't remember the name, but it's non-toxic. It's just like a black uh, little... You know, so I love showing the skin like you were just talking about. It's so beautiful to put the youth beauty face oil has so much beta carotene and antioxidants. So it's this beautiful, like rich golden color. So it gives you a natural glow. And then you put a little bit of bronzer. I don't put any concealer under my eyes. I don't do concealer. I don't do foundation. Um, And it's interesting because as I've gotten older, Well, I have a lot of things on, on on makeup, but I think because I was a model my whole life, make, I loathe makeup. I loathe the makeup chair. I loathe I've always hated it because it was just like the worst. Like I just hated the cakiness of it and everything. So on my free time, I never wore makeup. Um, but then also, uh, I forgot what else I was going to say about that, but, um, when you have when you have good skincare products, you don't need to like use all these other things. Oh, as I've gotten older, I've noticed I don't want to put a bunch of concealer under my eyes because it actually just focuses more on the wrinkles. <laughs> you know, I think if you have dark circles, it helps a little bit. But same, when I smile, I get all these wrinkles, and then it just cre- it actually brings more attention. So,
0: agree.
1: I'd rather just just be glowy and focus on the skin texture and embrace my little wrinkles.
0: <laughs> what do you do for your under eyes? Because they, they're non-existent. Like soon as I got on here, I was like, damn her skin.
1: Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. You know, I think a lot of it is, you know, jeans. I, I never had any like dark circles or anything like that. That that's one thing I have going for me. Um, but I think diet plays a role getting enough sleep you know, right. under the eyes is associated with like liver. Okay. I don't drink. I don't drink just because I have RA. I mean, I drink maybe like, like we were just in Costa Rica. I had a drink for my son's birthday. I drink very casually. Um, uh, and then of course, you know, I think washa is amazing. My gold wand. I love doing like facial massage just to get lymphatic flow. A lot of people don't realize that like, we get toxic buildup of lymph in our face and just doing gua sha or facial massage, you can just pull that fluid out and look complete sculpted. It's insane.
0: Yeah. I love when you show the videos of you like retraining your muscles with your stone. It's just, I love those. It's so inspiring. And it reminds me to get back on my, my practice because the, all of this takes time. All of this like spiritual practice, our self care practice, it all takes time. It's like a full time All the
1: holistic job. stuff. And that's what I tell people, anything holistic, you have to do a little bit more consistently. Yeah. You have to be on it more. It's not a quick fix like botox or right. like something you would do at a you know cosmetically, but you're going to get the benefits long term. You know, it's 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 just like a practice that just becomes and gua sha has i become a love affair with gua gua sha. You know, it's really like a time where I just and lately even, you know, with my family a lot of Like, you know, and some people that follow me know I just moved and we've been enjoying time by the fire and I just put the oil on and do my guasha with my family. Like, I sit here and do it. Like, I don't have to, you don't have to be in the mirror. You know, you can just love up on yourself anytime. So
0: It's such a nice way to wind down as well. Yeah. I love it it in the evening. I try to do it in the morning. So like the effects are all day long, but in the evening it is, it's so nice to wind down with that so i saw the other day you post and share something someone asked you on a q a about your spiritual teachers and i loved your answer i thought it was so interesting and different and i want you to share a little bit about your spiritual spiritual practice um any spiritual practices you have and who your teachers are or what your teachers are
1: yeah So I get asked this a lot like in the last couple years and I've kind of had to like piece it together realizing that we're all spiritual beings when we come here. And I think some of us are gifted with certain parents or certain circumstances that allow you to keep that spirituality and connection. And I was really grateful that um, my mom... And, and and my cousin Jessica, who I was talking about, really encouraged me to stay in that space. They never made me feel weird. I was a very unusual child, like talking to spirits and spending time alone. And, you know, I was very unusual walking in nature by myself And because I never really felt alone. I always kind of felt like I had this spiritual tribe around me. Yeah. Um, so I was very grateful to have that um tribe, real tribe being like, you can continue that spiritual path, you know, that connection. I think for me, though, there there came a time where I was like, oh, gosh, I have to like live this human experience. I can't just be floating around all the time. Mm -hmm. And that I had to get grounded and rooted into this life and like, you know, get a job and do all those things that really make you human, which that's when most of us like we go to school and we get programmed. And, you know, we have to be in society, that's usually when most of us lose our connection to spirituality, and then all of a sudden, we're trying to find it again, because we're so stressed out, and our life went to shit, so now we're like, we need to go to yoga, we need meditation, we need to get back to that connection that we always had, that's why it's a remembrance for so many, it's not something new, it's like, oh, this is home, this is where I feel, so when I track it back, I feel like I've always had that connection. And for me, my hardest part has been living this human life. Yeah, and being in this body and and doing what I'm supposed to do here. So I think it's a constant balance. But um, as I mentioned before, like yoga saved my life a million times. If there was any spiritual teacher in my life, I would have to say it was all my yoga teachers. Because anything that draws you back inward to yourself I think is a spiritual teacher and and that's nature for me that's my yoga teachers um and that's always what I'm trying to do in anything that I'm sharing whether I'm talking about the sun or I'm talking about you know more of a spiritual thing it's like I encourage everybody to just tap in with their own knowingness because that's where your inner compass is and it's different than mine so where that's going to guide you might be completely different than the choices that I would make. So um, I think just allowing that that time for yourself every day, whether it's a meditation or it's chanting or it's a mantra or it's a walk or just allowing that space to hear your inner wisdom mm-hmm. and then being wise enough to actually follow what it says. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, it's so true when you speak about remembrance. And I think what's so important in the times that we're living in, there's so much noise on the outside and to find the people or the Instagram accounts or the books that help you remember your truth and remember the consciousness that lives within you. And that's what I shared before. When I go to your page, that is what I feel. You remind me of what is true you, not that every single thing or everything I do is exactly aligned with you, but I, how you express yourself reminds me of what is true within me. And it's so important to have people in your life or those places to go because it can be so loud, it can be so cloudy out there, and you could easily lose your way and of course, having a practice kundalini is it for me where I strengthen my intuition and I have that voice within me and then having places to go, like, as I said, your account or books that I've read. Um, and I, that's what I want to touch upon bringers of the dawn. And what I'm reading now, family of light is channeled through the Pleiadians. And I've I want to go deeper with them. I want to connect to them in a way I've never wanted to before. It's almost like when the world gets darker, I want to connect even deeper with this energy. And I want to know about your experience and the teachings maybe that you connect to or receive from the Pleiadians, what the Pleiadians are. This is the first time I'm ever talking about this to my community, um, other than recommending these books that just speak to my soul and unlock my truth and my knowing.
1: Well, I want to preface. I've never read any book about the Pleiadians, so I probably should, but I have this weird thing um, that I did even when I was writing my book. I didn't want to read anything because I didn't want it to cloud the yes. downloads I was getting. So um, I feel like there's a deeper connection with, you know, the star seeds, the Pleiadians and the Seven Sisters. And um, it's interesting because my husband was the first person to tell me, he said, you know, you're a Pleiadian. And I was like, what are you talking about, honey? You know, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I've been looking for you my whole life, you know. And then mm-hmm. I started looking at these um, characteristics of what a star seed or specifically a Pleiadian. I said, okay, I definitely fit this mold. And it felt, what it reminded me of is um, back in like 2010, I used to write a lot of blogs on being an empath. So I think a mm-hmm. lot of people that were empaths are now star seeds. And whether we're from another planet or another galaxy or anything like that's a little far for me, Thanks. but I feel like there's people that are here right now and we chose to be here for a reason and there's an inner drive. Like I have a drive inside of me to be the light that keeps me up at night like it's beyond what it's i like don't have control over it you know it's like it's like i need to share i need to help you know and um i think that there's there's gosh there's dozens of different star seeds. there's another one that my friend just told me about arcturians i think they're called and, and yeah she thinks that i also might be one of them and You know, I think I haven't done enough research to know actually about, you know, I know there's lots of sightings and stuff like in Northern California. Me and my girlfriend just did a whole thing here, actually, where we tried to connect with them. And we did have some really interesting, cool things happen um, here at my new house. Um, But I feel like it's just there's a lot of people that are here right now trying to help elevate consciousness and humanity and um we're doing it in all of our different ways whether it's through social media or our podcasts or you know whatever it is it's just to to be the light and it's within the darkest moments that we are called to do the best work.
0: You know yeah. I have chills. Speaking to my soul. Oh my goodness. Yes. So my last question for you, although I could I could sit here and talk to you all day. I would love to know if there's a theme or a lesson of your previous generation. So your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. I know that you're just starting your 40s, but is there a theme or a lesson or um, something that you could just capture from each of those to show just your evolvement and your growth? Any Mm. wisdom you want to share from each of them?
1: I would probably say in my twenties. You know, my my son just turned eighteen, and I'm trying to drill this into him. But I was so insecure in my twenties, and nobody would have known it looking at me because I always held myself with grace and confidence. But um, I just, I think I prevented myself from doing a lot of things because I just wasn't confident. So I wish I had said more. I wish I had said yes to more things. I wish I would have felt worthy. You know, that was something that came later in life. I think when I became a mom and I had purpose, all of a sudden, my 30s were my favorite, my favorite time. Um, I really felt like I came into my own. I had just recovered from rheumatoid arthritis for the first time after not walking for like a year I felt on top of the world I felt the strongest I could in my body and um that was such a beautiful time I think the 40s for me what's been different about the 20s and 30s is I've always kind of had this essence of like (laughs) I'm gonna can I curse right now of I've always had this, like, I don't give a fuck what people think yeah. about me type of attitude. Yeah. Um, but it's really come out in the 40s. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just don't have time to even, like, ponder low vibrational stuff. Like, I don't even have, I don't even give it the energy and I really don't care. Like, I, I'm just... You know, and I really wish I would have had all those things like earlier on, you know, but we, we, we learn these things as time, as time goes on. I think that's, yeah.
0: Your throat chakra is clear as hell.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It really is.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's definitely, um, I feel like it's very hard to be in that space and it takes time. It takes a lot of practice and it takes that. That light that you have within you that's just forcing you to to share your truth and be that light, and it it could be really really hard, but you do it with such courage and grace and poise, and I thank you for your courage and all the things. Thank you hear. so much. It's thank you
1: so much. So thank
0: people, more than you'll ever know, most likely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Where can everyone find you? Where can they find your amazing skincare? Next thing that I'm going to get is the mask. I can't wait for that. I'm loving this oil. Um, I'm going to do the mask next. But tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find your products, and all the amazing things that you offer.
1: So I'm most active on Instagram, Jesse Golden, and then thegoldensecrets.com is my skincare line, and we also have an Instagram page for that, the Golden Secrets. And I'm on all the social platforms as well. TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and doing all the things. But Instagram is where I'm most
0: active. Amazing. Can you pick like two of your favorite products from your line that are like must-haves? Is that so hard for me to ask? I'm sorry. It's so
1: hard. Like for different reasons. I mean, the Youth Beauty Face Oil is our bestseller. And I think it's just ah, like it's just insane. Um, I was just, we had a team meeting yesterday and I was just like, I really want to like get people to understand how rich and thick it is before
0: they buy it. It is. Yeah.
1: Cause like once you buy it, you're going to buy it again. But like, I want to get those new customers that think it's just like another face oil. And I'm like, I want to like explain to them.
0: (laughs) Rich and that stood out to me actually when I first started using it. Do you pat it on or do you rub it in?
1: So I recommend putting it into your hands, rubbing your hands together, and then patting it on, but that's always right. to a damp face. Okay. So that's why, I mean, it's I, It's so hard to choose, two, but I mean, if we're just going to focus on two, the Aura Beauty Mist mm-hmm. is 100% botanical. It's got peptides, red arctic peptides. um And that's what you spray on the face before. And then while the skin is still damp, put on the oil. It just penetrates the skin, locks in the hydration. It's a much smoother application. And you'll notice you don't need as much oil Mm -hmm. when you do it that way as well. And then the Aura Beauty Mist is just so nice because, like, throughout the day, if you just need, like, a little refresher, you could just spray it on. I just, like, constantly spray. I mean, that's number one trick for anti aging is keeping your skin plump and hydrated, yeah. you know, instead of drying it out. That's another myth that we've been told, like wash your face till it's squeaky clean and dry. And we really don't ever want that.
0: <laughs> so, so And that's what you wear yeah. is perfume too, right?
1: So my signature blend is, like, what I've worn since I was 15. It's, like, synonymous with who I am as a human. (laughs) Um, But it's a blend of organic essential oils. The original formula is based on an ancient Roman formula to entice love and romance and abundance. Um, And it's just this beautiful, subtle... um, Scent and the beautiful thing about working with essential oils like I created this before, like doTERRA and all these things. Now, people are more knowledgeable about essential oils, but back in the day, I was trying to explain to people unlike perfumes that have toxic fragrances and all these parabens and phthalates and all these hormone disrupting toxins, essential oils work with your own body chemistry and create a scent as unique as you. And our body chemistry is constantly changing. So, like, you could put the oil on one month, let's say, like, when you're not on your moon cycle, and it could smell something, you could maybe smell, like, the earthier notes, or like, your body chemistry makes it smell a certain way. And then maybe when on your moon cycle, it smells a little bit more jasmine-y, or, you know, your boyfriend might be like, hey,
0: <laughs> it's so
1: cool that it works with your body instead of against it, like
0: really is
1: all fragrance toxic perfumes
0: yeah it's amazing well thank you so much for being here and being on i hope everyone who's listening checks you out on instagram i'm telling you so worth the follow just it it's just an energetic portal being part of Jessie's community. So please check her out. Thank you, everyone, for joining and listening in. And may the longtime sun shine upon you. Have a great day.